This is the Abrazo's Lounge Podcast, your source for everything iRacing, including race reviews, driver interviews, opinions, discussions, and much more. Here's your host, Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacer's Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacer's Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewyside55, Carlos Fonseca, Brad Beller, Kyle Fleischman, Lance Gentles, and special guest, Mike Willett. Hey, guys. Good evening. Hey, Mike. Yo, yo. So, uh, let's get right to it, guys. Uh, Mike, thanks. Mike Willett, thanks for joining uh, let's uh, learn a little bit about you and your iRacing career. Uh, when did you start on iRacing, and how did you hear about it? I started in 2009, uh, so I've been around a while. Uh, I heard about it a couple years prior. Uh, I, I've done most of the different oval sim, sim racing uh, titles, uh, dating back to around 2001, 2002. Um, and so I was interested in it. I was... Uh, pretty active uh, with the U.S. pits, um, at least in their forums uh, in the early 2000s. And uh, there was obviously a lot of animosity towards iRacing at the time. So I was a little uh, lukewarm towards it. But uh, once I jumped in, uh, I loved it from the moment I, moment I hit go. Well, that sounds like all of us. <laughs> uh, how often do you race these days? Oh, no, never. <laughs> Almost never. Uh, it's a pitiful, actually. Um, I, I do a pickup race uh, every once in a great while, uh, and I do uh, my I have my one league that I run uh, where we run about uh, twelve to fourteen races a year. Okay, and um, you you mentioned you know pickup races. I mean, what series would you normally run, or what series do you do pickup races on, or is it pretty varied? It's it's very varied. Uh, the easiest one is just the seat trucks, uh, just because it's always going to have. Uh, guys running. I'm on the West Coast, so by the time you know my family time is done, it's nine o'clock West Coast time, midnight on the East Coast. So there's not a lot of options for for what's actually going to have an official race going. But so normally the trucks. Uh, but I'll I'll jump in anything. Uh, whether it's I like the I like the uh, national car as well. Great. So you're an oval guy, I take it. I definitely uh, am uh, better at ovals. Uh, although I do I do actually really enjoy road racing too now. Great. Uh, let's talk hardware. What type of wheels and pedals do you have, and how many monitors? Uh, I've got a Thrustmaster TX uh, wheel, uh, which I actually love uh, for you know a little pitch for it. As far as a budget wheel is concerned, I think it's about as good as you're going to find uh, in that price range. Um, and I use their standard pedals, although those could use an upgrade. Uh, and I just have one monitor, but it's a 45-inch uh, flat screen. Nice. Is that a a proper computer monitor, or is it a TV acting as a monitor? Yeah, it's just an old, an older HDTV uh, converted. Nice. All right, and um, I'm going to jump around on the questions here. Do you use any third-party software when you're running the sim, like uh, dashboards and TeamSpeak and stuff, or? Yeah, obviously use TeamSpeak. Um, no dashboards, but uh, use iSpeed, um, and that's about it. Nothing, nothing too major. What do you use an iSpeed for? A telemetry, uh, trying to find an extra tenth here or there. I also like to look at what uh, other guys are putting in the, in the uh, database in terms of times. It's interesting how 
I speed, a lot of people use it completely differently. Uh, like I only use it for fuel calculations and how many laps I've had since the last pit. That's the only thing I use it for, which is quite different than what you use it for. So, To that point, I actually definitely, when I'm testing prior to a race, I absolutely use it to, to determine use it in race. Okay. So uh, do you participate in any leagues? Yeah, I, I uh, just the one. I, I run the Pacific Majors, um, which is a year-long. I started, I don't know, three or four years ago, and uh, it's a year-long series um, where we run all of the big races in the world, basically. Uh, it, it uh, you know, Daytona 500, Indy 500, etc. Uh, it takes all year to do. We we only run a race every three or four weeks, and uh, we just actually concluded our 2016 season uh, this last Sunday. Awesome. And um, do you, are, are you part of a team at all? Are there teams involved in the league? There are. Um, and, and I am uh, a part of, we call them Thunder Road. Uh, it's, it's a fairly loose team or a bunch of Northwest drivers um, that kind of help each other with setups and paint schemes and whatnot. Great. Um, and then before we jump into uh, why you're on tonight, which we're going to talk about the World Cup of Racing, uh, World Cup of iRacing. Uh, before we get into that, uh, what's your most memorable iRacing moment? Um, that's a good one. Uh, and it actually has to do with the World Cup. Not not necessarily for how I've performed, <laughs> but uh, about four years ago in 2012, uh, iRacing was going to shut down uh, the World Cup because of the logistical factors involved in running the thing. Um, it was so different and unique to any other event that they run and, and getting people allowed in and whatnot. Anyway, it was just a nightmare. And so Tony Gardner was going to shut it down uh, and understandably so. And so myself and a few other people volunteered and said, hey, no, 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 let us let us take it over. You know, we don't want to lose it. Uh, we'll, we'll run it in the new. At the time, uh, the whole hosted and tournament features were fairly new. Um, and so. And he said, sure, he gave us a chance. And, uh, and they fund it from the, they, they, they cover the cost of the, uh, of the sessions, but we run it. And uh, so this is all leading up to my most memorable moment. So the very first time we ran the World Cup, obviously I was pretty nervous because, you know, iRacing had trusted us to run this event that they had used to have under their own banner. And uh, it was two o'clock in the morning, my time. It was basically an Australian um, primetime race it was the first race of the 2012 world cup and it was in the tournament feature and i was nervous as i'll get out i was going to mess something up and i'm sitting there as i get the session to launch and i'm watching um the participant count grow and grow and grow and it got to 225 and it was just beyond my expectations in terms of that first race and i'm sitting there fist pumping in the middle of the night at two in the morning with my family asleep um kind of weird but that's my most memorable moment on iRacing now I've seen your name before, and I'm familiar with it because in the past, I've gone into the hosted sessions, and I see your name hosting all these sessions all of a sudden and tournaments. I've never even seen a tournament before until I saw your name hosting one. And so I think a lot of people may have seen your name before associated with the World Cup. And, and so let's talk about that. Uh, you have the 2016 World Cup coming up here shortly. October 21st through November 13th, which is basically right around the corner. So why don't you give us a lowdown about the events you have planned and, and how people get involved? You bet. And again, for, first of all, just thanks for letting me talk about it. Um, 
So World Cup is coming up starting this Friday, uh, the 21st, as you mentioned. And uh, that's going to be the opening ceremony. So similar to, to an Olympics or something to that effect, we're actually going to have a preview show. Uh, all, all 35 clubs are invited um, to join the opening ceremonies, and most of the clubs have already gotten drivers um, dedicated to doing that. And basically, it's just going to be a parade lap around Spa in the two cars that we're going to be racing the World Cup in, and that's the Gen 6s and the uh, Corvette C6Rs. Um, and RaceBot is going to be covering that live, and they're going to be doing a preview show, as I mentioned, and we'll be, we'll be uh, focusing on a few of the drivers. But that's just a kickoff to a whole month of, of club-oriented events. Um, and really, the World Cup, is that's what it's all about. It's about getting the every man involved in a world championship, right? I mean, none of us, myself for sure, I'm never going to compete um, you know, for a peak antifreeze series championship and, and 99.9% .9 of the service is never going to do that, but the world cup, everybody can be involved in. And so, you know, I highly encourage, you know, anybody from wherever you are, you know, muster up that pride that you have in your hometown, in your state, in your city, in your country and, and join the world cup. Cause that's what it's all about. Everybody can come, everybody can participate, whether it's, whether you're a road specialist or a normal specialist. And so, you know, some of the events, um, I know you guys talked about it with Mike Kearns last week. He's the New York club captain. But um, this first weekend, we've got two big events that are kicking off. Uh, number one is the Enduro, which is a 24-hour race at Le Mans. And that's just in the GT1 car. So it's a little bit interesting for, for Le Mans just to have a one class. But uh, all 35 clubs uh, will be out there. Uh, some of the clubs will be running multiple teams. But um, a 24-hour race, club against club. You know, every team is going to have to be made up only of club members. So that's going to be really fun. And then the other race uh, on the first weekend is our Armageddon, uh, which is just a demolition derby at uh, Lanier in the street stocks. And so we take the, the, the fit, we're using a fixed setup, the basic uh, Lanier setup, and uh, pitting uh, six teams on the track at one time, seven drivers per team, and uh, telling them to go, uh, you know, kick the crap out of each other. Basically. Now that sounds like fun. I want to get in on that one. Well, just sign up. I know Wes could use you. All right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm Club West and uh, it seems we talked about this a little bit last week. It seems like more some of the clubs are more involved than others. Uh, it seems like mine's not quite as involved as some of the others. But uh, if if your club's not involved, how can you, you know, get more involved, especially when you're uh, you're not in the United States, you know? Well, ironically, you know, our best probably participation from a percentage of drivers in a club is from Europe, no question. Um, they, they take this event more seriously than, than we do. Um, but if you want to be involved and you feel like your team uh, is not necessarily uh, on board, uh, you, first of all, just go to the World Cup forums uh, on iRacing. There's a forum dedicated to the World Cup, and one of the very first topics is uh, the 2016 tournament information. And there's a registration button. So you can register for any of the events that, that we talked about, and there's a couple more as well. And so you can register as an individual. You'll, you'll count towards your club. And the idea is that you know for the clubs that, that necessarily, like you said, West is a great example, um, aren't, aren't involved as much as maybe that we would like them to be or you would like them to be. But it just takes that one or two people to sort of, hey, I see my name on the – I see our club name on the scorecard. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll join. Um, and so there's a, several of the races are just sign up and go. Some of them you don't even have to sign up for. As you mentioned, you see the sessions in the uh, hosted area, and a lot of them you don't even have to have pre-signed up for. You can just jump in. Armageddon is not one of them. You do have to sign up ahead of time uh, for that one since it's a space-limited event. But uh, most of them, come on in. So 
Okay, so that answers the question. I don't have to organize with my club ahead of time. I just I can just sign up as an individual, and it, and it all works out, right? Absolutely. Uh, obviously, it's better to be organized. There's no doubt about that. But yes, you can just sign up as an individual, race in what you want to uh, or other uh, members of our competition committee on the World Cup uh, with regard to you know when your race is, um, if there's a password or whatnot, um, you don't have to have um, a captain or an a, uh, organized team. Okay. And yeah, I found the forum post about the, uh, uh, it's, the, it, the title of it is Presenting the 2016 World Cup, and it has tons of information, uh, including a master schedule. Man, and that you put a lot of work into this. Uh, you have different time slots or different sessions available all day long on some of these days. That's correct. Yep. But uh, we're, it's a worldwide race. So um, we need to make sure that there's uh, stuff available for people, whether you're in Australia or the Pacific coast uh, in America. Okay. And then my next question, uh, SR and IR are not affected, right? We're just, we're just playing for fun and for club points, right? You got it. All right. Uh, and then you also have a Facebook group, right, where people can get more information as well? Yeah, we sure do. Um, if you just, if you on Facebook, you search for the World Cup of iRacing, um, you will find it for sure. Uh, we've got about uh, 1,400 followers, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Well, now you got one more because I just hit like. <laughs> Very nice. Well, thanks for joining us, Mike, and telling us about the World Cup of iRacing and uh, look forward to your event. Uh, I'm going to certainly register for some of these, probably the oval stuff and the, the demo derby stuff, and uh, see if I can get involved. Sounds like fun. Awesome. And yeah, I, I don't mean to jump back in, but uh, I know you guys are talking about a, a plate race uh, coming up for you guys later on today. Uh, so the Intimidator is exactly that, but it's using the, I don't know if you saw, it's the Gen 5, it's a COT car unrestricted um at talladega oh which, that means is, lifting right <laughs> yeah that means going 240 yeah absolutely i've actually done a race like that where we're uh unrestricted on a plate track and it's very interesting you get to the end of the straight and it, it at first at the beginning of the race there's always one guy who forgets that that he has to lift and and plows the wall and causes a wreck but eventually people figure it out that, hey, this isn't normal plate racing. Yeah, exactly. It's an absolute blast. If you guys haven't done it, you need to try that. Uh, cool. So uh, looking forward to that. I guess let's jump into topics. Uh, Brad, what do you got? Got the Peak Antifreeze series. Finished up at Homestead. Uh, and PJ. Was it last Tuesday night? P.J. Sturgis and Ray Alfala were going for the championship. They were separated, I think, by five. It came down to two points with Ray Alfala winning winning his third NASCAR Peak Antifree Series crown. And uh, some of the guys on our race team got on TeamSpeak, watched the race, and I, we really had a blast. It, it, was, it was probably more fun than watching a cup race. Uh, there was a lot of drama. PJ won the race. Uh, Ray was right on his hind end. I mean, it was it was it was really intense until it was over. <laughs> so PJ, I, I missed it actually. But so you're saying PJ actually did everything he could 
he actually won the race and uh, still missed it, right? PJ ran his tail off in that race. He started like 14th place. It was in like the first 15 laps or so. He was already right up on Ray's bumper or, you know, he was running like third, second or third. And it was just, I don't think I've watched a NASCAR race that had my skin uh, crawling. No, I think PJ would have been in good shape having the, what was it? One of them yellows didn't come out. He had the, you know, required amount of cars he needed between them. And it looks like they're about to, that Alfalfa is about to get stuck behind some of them other two cars. And that's the, just the amount of points he needed. But caution came out. But where he got all that was on pit road, I think. And Ray made up those spots he needed to, to get ahead in the points. Oh, no. Yeah, he, basically he, came down to third. And then a yellow came out, and then they were able to just get closed up again, and they had to race for it. Real good stuff. Well, he needed Alfalfa to finish in third place, and he finished in second. I mean, that's I think how close that championship fourth. was. He had to get a fourth place, didn't he? Well, they said that in the in the middle of the race, but then towards the end, they needed him to finish in third. It was weird because at at the time they had um, um, Conti was up there, and Conti was running in second, and Alfalfa was in third, and they then they were like, well. If the points ended right now, then PJ takes the win by one point because Alfalfa was in third. But then next thing you know, he needed to finish fourth because he had um, Conti and I can't remember who else was up there running. Taylor Hurst, I believe it was, was in between them. And so it kept changing all throughout the race. And then when it was all said and done, he needed to finish third in order for PJ to win it. And he ended up finishing second. Like what happened there was... uh... They had to prevent uh, Alfala from leading the most laps. That's what won him the championship, pretty much. Well, yeah, because he won by two points. So. Was there a point for leading the most? Yep. Yeah. Okay. He won by two points, so even if you take that out of the equation, he only won by one point. I mean, it doesn't well, get any he still closer had to, to that. Third. Yeah, if well, he had finished third, then PJ would have had it if he hadn't won the most laps. Yeah, but yep. that, that's what... Change, I think, was the most laps led. It made the requirement from fourth place to, or third place to fourth, or something like that. Well, all I know is either way, if you watch this race, and and I think we started watching from about lap 10, which was pretty early, and it was, the comments between us just watching was, Holy smoke, did you see that? And it was just nuts. What about the guys, uh, the other people in the top five besides the two? I mean, were they racing clean or were they helping helping one of the championship guys out or were they racing just as hard, you know, making them earn it? No, yeah, they didn't give any slack. There was no slack in that race whatsoever. It was door to door. I'm going for the win. I don't care kind of thing. I mean, they weren't beating off of them, but they were racing them just as hard as they would if they were going for the championship. Nice. Now, I saw yeah. lots of coverage on this after the fact. Uh, virtualgrip.net had a story. Uh, NASCAR Peak Antifreeze Series uh, posted it up on their their Facebook page, obviously. Uh, congratulations to Ray. And, and even NASCAR.com. Uh, NASCAR posted up a video about it, and they got over 40,000 views. And they called it uh, NASCAR's biggest eSport event of the season. 
Oh, yeah, pretty cool. It, it it was it was an awesome race. Uh, just to let you know, Jake Sturgis, he finished third in the championship, and he was about a hundred and twenty-one points behind these two. So Ray and PJ just ran away with it, and both of them really raced their hind ends off. It it was a really fun race to watch. And I think all this was decided through, uh, you know, position here and there throughout the entire season. You know, right. Remember, yeah. remember Watkins Glen when PJ did what he had to do to take that win at that one point. I mean, just stuff like that. Also, like something like uh, New Hampshire, where all them like yellows were coming out, and he almost got wrecked twice. PJ did, and him being able to keep the car straight was able to at least keep him in contention. Not only that, too, I think uh, he lost a couple right there in that race as well. No, that's the difference right there. Just goes to show well, how much a little bit can add up. Well, it sure does, you know, when it comes down that tight uh, after a whole season. And Well, congrats to Ray. We, we've had Ray and PJ both on the on the show, and it's certainly well-deserved. And looking forward to seeing Ray at Homestead and collecting his winnings and whatnot. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Kyle, what what what's next? Well, it'd be Grand Prix, but we covered that last week. Was uh, Gregor Hutu finishing second to Martin Kroenke this, this year. year? So Martin Kroenke ended up winning ten thousand dollars cash this year. Yeah, uh, iRacing put up a video or or posted a video that one of the teams actually put together, uh, kind of praising Martin Kroenke, kind of a nice little video. Um, and I just thought we'd mention that, and and this, uh, yeah, the season's over. I guess it's uh, fall time, and it's almost Thanksgiving. So, all right, let's jump into the next topic: NIS NASCAR iRacing Series. Boy, uh, how'd you guys do, Brad? I had a really good week. I probably gained about one hundred and fifty to two hundred in I rating. Uh, had some really good finishes. I think my worst finish all week was a 13th or something. Uh, that was last night. I uh, had a 5th, a 5th, a 7th, uh, and a 4th. So, wow. Uh, I really, I had some 11s and 12s in there too. I ran a lot this week, but that's just because I like Kansas. I like, I think it's fun. Now, t- but, now t- talk a little bit about your strategy, which is, I mean, you literally are riding around the back for at least the first half of the race, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, my strategy was just to run in the back most of the race. And somewhere in there, there's going to be a good-sized wreck. You're going to come in and do a normal stop, and you're going to come in in 20th, and you're going to come out of the pits in 10th. And that's where you make your jump. That's when you go ahead and decide to run. But even then, I was kind of just taking my time i wasn't running the tires off because a lot of them would take off and run their guts out and then 25 laps later i was reeling them right back in so but it was it was a lot of fun we had a good setup for our team and uh just uh had a good week and uh right now with the uh division two standings i'm fourth in the open series so there we go. Nice top top five now. So uh, keep that up for sure. Yep. 
All right, Kyle, how was your week? It was mediocre. Wednesday ran the open, finished 15th. Thursday open, finished 6th. Thursday fixed, finished 16th. Friday open, finished 14th. Saturday fixed at the 6 a.m. race ran, uh, finished 9th. At the noon race, got wrecked out, finished 16th. Or no, I'm sorry, got wrecked out, finished 31st on lap one, coming out of four. And then I ran last night, got wrecked, but through attrition, got 11th. Not too bad. Kind of mixed results there. So, I mean, when you got wrecked, I mean, what was the cause there? Just they wreck in front of you and there's nowhere to go because everybody's already in the top lane? Well, everybody wanted to take that bottom line to pass you, and then they come up and just door slam you into the wall. Yep. All right, uh, Lance Gentles, how did you do? You know, I had some uh, pretty good runs going and wound up getting caught up in other people's stuff. Yeah, you had a, a a win almost. Well, I can't call it a win, but you were in position to win on one of those races, and you actually led a lot of laps. Yeah, I led 40 laps. Um, I think it was uh, Friday evening, and a uh, guy tried a slide job on me. And they're just, he cut back up too close. And uh, there wasn't anything I, I could do. If I hit the brakes that had been in the wall, I lifted and it just wasn't enough. I tried to hit him as square as possible so I didn't uh, didn't spin him out, but we both wound up spinning and I wound up uh, being destroyed. Yep. Oh, uh, Carlos, how did you do this week? I don't know. I hate Kansas. There's, <laughs> there is no racing going on there. At the beginning of a restart, sure, but anywhere else you're just riding in line. And that's it, over and over, until you decide to try passing somebody on the bottom and take out a couple cars on accident and build the heat from that one. But something to do with that setup we had. It was great. It, it was probably one of the only setups, I think, that could just turn down and pass on the bottom on a restart. You can pick up like two or three spots right there just trying to pass people because people figure, you know, the high line is the way to go. But, you know, when you're not up to speed, you're not as fast as you are on the bottom. Well, the track's much shorter around when you're on yep. the bottom. And, yeah, you're not up to speed. You're going to get by. Yeah, so you got to get that done like within the first two laps. And what I learned on uh, Wednesday night was you better get it done on those first two laps on new tires because if you just stay out and wait, Let's say you're on three lap old tires and trying to do that. It's just not going to turn. You're going to go straight to the wall and kill somebody who's on the outside, which is what happened to me. So, yeah, hopefully that guy's not too pissed off at me, but let's just now see. You, you also had a, a spot, didn't you, where you were in position to win at the end of the race, and they, they ended up taking you four wide, if I recall. Well, it was just me deciding to go to the bottom. That's where I realized it's not going to turn. And by then, the guy's already on my outside. Nothing I can do. And there was going to be no way. But looking back now, I should have set him up for turn four and just figured something out. Maybe get to the bumper and pass him coming to the line. But I had to pass him in one and two because I had probably the best restart of my life. You know, for once, I was right on that guy's bumper and went to the inside. Stopped turning. Took a guy out. Tried to give him a spot, and I had kind of a momentum, you know, some momentum going in four, or out of four. 
And then the front end just like lifted off the ground, stopped turning, and pretty much said, you know what, screw you, I'm giving up. The car pretty much told me that and stopped turning and took the guy out next to me. Didn't mean Ouch. to, it just happened. It's a racing incident. It's the end of the race. Everybody's going for it. Well, you know, I was certainly proud of the team, uh, Lance and Carlos, uh, in position to win races. And that setup I that we ran in the open, I agree, was just the bomb. I felt so comfortable in that. And then when we went to the fixed races, I was so uncomfortable. I mean, it was just horrible. I, I kind of like to fix it. Yeah, me too. Kind of. <laughs> I thought it was awful. Yeah, I thought it was awful, too. Uh, let's talk about my races. Uh, th- mine were very simple. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was wrecked. Caught up in other people's stuff. Nothing of my doing, really. Uh, and, you know, what happens is somebody hits the wall or checks up, and everybody is in a line along the wall at the top, and there's nowhere to go. And then they just pile up. And there's nowhere to go, and you pile in, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. And so that happened to me three nights in a row. I did not get any decent finishes at all. Uh, I didn't run Saturday. Uh, Sunday, I actually got a finish. <laughs> I got the, to the end of the race without a blown engine and, uh, finished 12th. Uh, and thanks to Brad for, uh, keeping me calm there and getting me through that race. I had fun. I was really hoping we were going to have a little longer run because I think we'd have had tires to run those guys back down. But, yeah, you win some, you lose some. Yep. So next week is, or this week, Talladega, and it's another full-length race. Which Bring, I, I, bring it on. Well, I'm happy for Talladega. As you all know, I, I actually win at plate races, and it's usually my only option of winning for the year, or at least it has been. So I'm looking for a win this week. Uh, I'm kind of excited about it. And some late gramps. To the floor for, uh, what, 188 is it? Laps? Yeah. Have fun with that. Just tape your throttle down. Okay, so that's NIS. Uh, let's jump into the next topic. Brad, what's up? Okay, same thing we talked about last week was uh, iRacing bonus credits. Uh, you purchase uh, $20 of iRacing credits, you get 25 or you can purchase 75 and get 100 uh, Enter a promo code. It's on the uh, front page of iRacing. And this valid, this is uh, valid through October 19th, so two more days. Two days left, yeah. That's why we're still talking about it, just to remind everybody. Yeah. It's a good deal. I mean, if you got a renewal coming up, or if you're going to be buying any kind of content, you should really take advantage of this. Yeah, especially the, the, the $75 thing, because 100 credits... They're giving you 25 if you buy 75, and 25 credits will get you two tracks. And sometimes, you know, if you're a hundred percent owner, then um, it, it gets you three or three yeah. cars. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, good deal, Kyle. What's next? 
Next up is the uh, link for Waiting on Dirt. Something was posted on Facebook about it from iRacing. And it's a picture of like a, a Formula One model with a skeleton sitting in it reclined, waiting on dirt. What's yeah. their uh, title to it? Kind of funny. At least uh, iRacing has a sense of humor about it, you know? Kind of like the clock that says soon, you know? All right. Anyway, uh, that was on their Facebook page. It's kind of humorous. Uh, next up, uh, Lance, you, you came across this uh, Razer OSVR HDK2, which is actually a, a VR headset. Uh, can you tell us about it? Well, it's uh, it's still in development. It's a um, they they have the, like I said the HDK one and two, which are hacker development kits. Um, basically, what they are is they're, they're uh, de developer models, and they're designed to just kind of hash out all the bugs in the system. But it's based on the same architecture as the uh, HTC Vive. And this is a. Uh... This is kind of what I would say an entry level price if you want to get into VR. I see it here on Amazon, three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, it's been uh, three hundred ninety nine for quite a while. It's come down uh, fifty bucks here recently. Um, it it runs like I said on the same Open VR so Open VR software that the uh, the HTC Vive runs on. So anything iRacing has a challenge whenever you log in. It detects a uh, uh, open VR headset. It detects Open VR or Oculus. So in theory, I haven't tested it yet, and I really haven't seen it tested online yet. Um, this should work with uh, with Irix. Yeah, in theory it should, but we can't confirm that. Aren't you say more confusing to set up? Because it's pretty yeah. much in development. Right, it's still a development level product, so you need some uh, some decent knowledge of how how a VR headset works and how uh, how to set one up before you just go into it. There's yeah, it might not be plug and play, is what you're saying. Right, it's not polished like the uh, like the Oculus and the uh, HTC Vive are. I'm just some people say that you can probably get all this figured out with the help of YouTube. Yeah, oh yeah, they're figured out. There's unboxings and guides and everything on YouTube to how to get it set up. Um, the The VR community is is pretty strong, and there's a lot of help out there if you're willing to uh, go out and look for it yourself. And you know, the specs kind of jumped out at me: dual display, twenty one sixty by twelve hundred OLED, uh, four forty one PPI at ninety frames a second. Yep, so it's uh, it's really similar to the Vive and the Oculus in, in the display. You're still going to have that screen door effect, but they use a different uh, a different lens. Give me just a second, and I'll find out what it's called. What do you mean by screen door effect? So when you look into a, um, a uh, headset, you see kind of a mesh, because you're sitting inches away from, just, just an inch and a half away from the screen. Um, so you get... Um, if you push your face up against your monitor, you can see those little pixels. Um, it's the same thing with the with the Vive and the Oculus. You're going to get that little pixelation because they don't have the uh, the pixels aren't in a tight enough mesh to get rid of that uh, little. It looks like you're looking through a screen door. Gotcha. Okay. 
So, yeah, you know, I, I personally wouldn't consider VR for me until that's gone, that screen door stuff. I think that would drive me nuts. It's a matter of getting your eye focused differently, right? Uh, to kind of see through that and kind of disregard it. You just kind of focus further out. Well, yeah. Once once everything starts to happen and your mind starts to focus on um, on what you're doing, down to the business of racing, the screen door effect gets a little less noticeable. Right. But you don't have the degree of sharpness like you have with with your screens right now. When when I'm sitting in the cockpit of a car, and I look out at a paint job, the car in front of me, if there's fine detail to that paint job, I have trouble. Distinguishing, I can't make it out with the headset. Like uh, if somebody put a, a a small website, you know, www something on the on the little part of their bumper, you might have trouble like reading that. Or yeah, it depends on how big it is. But yeah, if it's small, like say the Toyota, they've got that little patch underneath the spoiler. If you've got a fairly long website and it's in that little uh, that little area, I'd probably have difficulty making it out. I see. Well, it's another option for the VR. It's kind of neat to see uh, additional options uh, surfacing here. So, and then I might try that. I tell you, for the depth perception and um, and the view around that you get with the headset on, um, I'm I'm willing to take a little bit of a graphical hit for it. Right. Let me let me ask you this: I wear glasses. Would I have to wear glasses? while I'm using this, or no? Now, that's uh, the uh, HDK2 from, uh, from Razer, uh, the OSVR HDK2. Um, they have these aspherical lenses that um, have an adjustment, so they correct for um, a certain amount of... Uh, a certain degree, they, they will min- uh, mirror your prescription. Okay, I was wondering because I, I have trouble seeing close up. I have to have reading glasses to read small print. Yeah, they've got a little guide somewhere uh, online that actually shows the uh, the range, the the per- different prescription levels. The I, I forget exactly how it works. It's like negative negative something to positive something. So it's possible you don't have to wear your glasses. That is possible. Um, if you're looking at the Vive. The Vive actually has an adjustable um, screen distance, so you can click out these little uh, round jobs that are on the side of the headset and move it further away from your face. And the uh, the sponge that goes around your face has two notches cut out for the rims for the frames of your glasses. Gotcha. Oh, very cool. Okay. Uh, Brad, what's next? All right. This one's a sad one. Uh, Brazilian sim racer Luis Fernando Santos uh, died while driving in the third round of the F1 Brazilian uh, Club Touring Pro Division at Barber Motorsports Park. Uh, He suffered a stroke while racing. His teammates uh, figured out that something was wrong there on TeamSpeak. And someone in his team knew his address and sent an ambulance. But uh, at age 36, he passed away. Uh, very sad news. 
Well, you know, it's for one, I would say it it's kind of neat that you pass away doing something you love, you know? At least he was doing something he liked to do and it was fun. And he was only 36 years old, so uh, obviously probably wasn't expected, you know, the stroke. That's awful young for a stroke. Yeah. It is. This isn't the first time I've heard of something like this happening. I've heard of it happening a few times before with people passing away at their rigs, but it's something that I could bring up being a truck driver myself, driving across country for nine years before I obtained my local job I have now where if you're sitting in a rig for periods of time during the day <clears throat> you need to get up and stretch your legs on occasion because it pulls blood in your legs when you're sitting and then that can cause a clot which causes a stroke so just to bring awareness from this my condolences to his family and his teammates and everybody else but if, if you're just enjoying the service like the rest of us, just get up and stretch your legs every once in a while, and it could really help prevent something like this happening. It's it's sad to see somebody so young pass away from something so tragic. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we were talking before the show, uh, you know, amongst the team here, hey, maybe we need to trade addresses and and stuff in case this happens to one of us. and. You know, and we can help each other. I, I'd never thought about it, you know. Yeah, yeah it's not remember. something that crosses your mind until to get an example of it right in front of you. I can't remember how old he was, but he was really young, like 16, 17 years old last year. Um, same type of scenario, was racing with his teams on teammates on TeamSpeak and actually one of his teammates happened to be his next door neighbor and he actually had a seizure in his rig and he ended up passing away from it and uh, his neighbor had him on camera actually and watched it happen so like I said it's it can happen to anybody it doesn't matter how old you are it also makes me think about those guys who try to run an entire 24-hour race by themselves and Man, they need to stand up and walk around a little bit, you know, and take a break now and then too. Absolutely. Yeah, they. Um, I'm I'm getting ready to do that 24-hour gaming marathon for uh, Children's Miracle Network and Extra Life, and that's one of the things that they stress is make sure you get up and move around. We don't want you sitting there 24 hours straight. Right. And drink water. <laughs> Lots of water. Yeah, so the uh, forums, uh, there's post in the forums about Luis Santos uh, and the sad news, and uh, onwheelstv.com picked up the story, and foxsports.com picked up the story as well. So, uh, yeah, sorry to his family, and uh, yeah. All right, let's jump into the next topic. There's been a post on the forums there's been a few posts about wheel device drivers crashing, in particular the AccuForce wheel when running in 64-bit. And um, the workaround is to disable force feedback, but I guess if you have an AccuForce, it kind of defeats the purpose if you're turning off uh, force feedback. But it's a USB port problem, and uh, uh, you know, addition, additional workarounds is to you know, try different USB ports. 
uh, get from a 2.0 to a 3.0 USB port or possibly use a USB hub. Um, so we just wanted to mention this. I didn't know if anybody has experienced this that's, that's listening. Uh, there are a few people on the forums that have had problems. It sounds to me like a, um, like a conflict with, uh, oh God, you know, I'm a computer technician. I should know these terms, but there's a, um, there's a conflict. Like, uh, I've got a conflict with the hand controllers for the Vive. If you've got any kind of other peripheral, like a wheel or a joystick or anything plugged in like that, the, the hand controllers stop working. So you're having to like unplug stuff from your computer, uh, just to get that thing to work. Well, no, it's it's just the hand controllers, and I only use the Vive for uh, for iRacing right now, I see. so it really doesn't affect me that much. You see, I have a similar issue with, uh, uh, let's say what I used to drive, which was like a PS3 controller, right? And I have a Sega Genesis controller plugged in as well, and that would keep causing conflicts to where if I were to try to map something, it would take over and wouldn't let me, it just wouldn't let me use the main thing I wanted to use. So I had to go in the driver uh, manager and disable it. Since I don't huh. really use it anyway. Disable it when I don't need it and enable it when I need it. Yeah, so there are workarounds. If you have these kind of problems, check the forums. A lot of people talking about it. Yeah, but that would really... To, to, to turn off my force feedback would be like... Hell, I just had to try to learn how to drive again. Because I use that so much. And, and you get the feel of... When you're coming out of the turn and the car's starting to get a little loose, you feel right. it before you know it. And I can't imagine not being able. I, I would be just a wreck fest. Except for that one time where you lost it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. All right. Uh, Kyle, what do you got next? All right. Next up is a, is a reminder that uh, actually it's next weekend, I believe it is, the 29th of October is the inaugural iRacing 24-hour Le Mans race. So um, make sure you mark your calendars. They are only doing one time slot this year. It's at 1,300 hours GMT. So uh, if you plan to run this event, you only get one shot, one shot only. I like that, that there's one time slot. And then Mike Willette, can you speak? This isn't your 24-hour of Le Mans, right? Nope, ours is the week before, so anybody who's running GT1s uh, in iRacings uh, should absolutely run in the World Cup one just as a warm-up, even if that's all you want to do it for. Yeah, why not, you know? And uh, yours would be a good warm-up if uh, you're going to run this one. So, uh, Carlos, you you worked on some paint jobs for the team uh, today, and they came out pretty darn good. You know, I just now, like, realize, oh, crap, this race is coming up soon. So I pretty much worked on that all day, you know, today and yesterday. And uh, I don't know. I think it looks good, if you ask me. I think it turned out sharp, personally. Yep, it's awesome. I'll send a show the image on there, and I came across the, some chair of a rival of ours. But, yeah, that, I think it was a decent-looking car. I put uh, pretty much all the names on it. I just don't really know who's joining us. Like Lance, you said you're probably not going to be able to. No, that's my birthday weekend. I'm going to be out of town. All right. What about you, Kyle? I might if I can get the track purchased. Or if you can do that, I'll throw you in the car then. In Lance's yeah. place. I should be able to run a, a couple shifts, and I'm sure Jose will. 
So that's just gonna leave six of us, which is and Dave Smith or Peace. Oh, I I know Dave will be there. <laughs> He's been yep. waiting for this for way too long. And uh, you'll probably need some addition, some external drivers outside the team, right? One or so. I don't want too many drivers. Okay. Will you lose time in the HPD? Which is All what right. we're driving. <laughs> yeah, so uh, look forward to that. The 24-hour right, yeah. ball. Yeah, I'll right. either driver spot. I still need to buy the track and practice, so I got some to-dos to to get this going, uh, yep. but I plan on getting involved. So, Brad, what's next? Okay, up next we have a uh, the guy that does the uh, inside sim racing. He uh, compared the Thrustmaster TX to the uh, CSL Elite wheelbase, and he did a review on them. Um. I'll be honest with you. I watched the whole video, and his review did not change my mind over going with the CSL Elite. Um, he his I guess his main problem was is that he had to use uh, some other things to get his wheel mounted. I guess no matter what you use. Uh, you go through little problems like that, but that's that's what I got out of it. Uh, he he said they were both pretty good wheels. Said he didn't use the Elite as much as what he had used the Thrustmaster, but uh, that's what I got out of it. What did you all get? Because different people watch and different people get different things out of it. I watched it for a little while um, earlier. He did a review, initial review, not too long ago. And uh, it looked like most of his mounting issues were due to the fact that he was torquing everything down too hard and he stripped out one of the, uh, one of the inserts that holds the wheel down. Oh. Yeah, but I think the company told him that, that there were some things that this was just a uh, prototype and not to torque them down. That's what he, t what he said on this uh, review. And then once he got it down, he only had two screws holding it in and uh, made a really big deal about having to put post-it notes under it to, to firm it up where he didn't have the third thing screwed in. But that, to me, that's very minor because once you mount it, you've mounted it and then it's done and it's over. So that to me is not a big deal. Yeah, once you get it mounted, you forget about it, right? It's, it's right. not going to move, right? Right. I mean, honestly... What would it honestly take? I mean, I have an Obutto Ozone, and he showed the bottom of it, how it's got that V where the pipes come together underneath it. But if you're already going through the trouble of drilling two holes for the back side of the base to drill in, go through that little extra to line up that center hole on the front side of the wheel to secure it. And just go to the hardware store and buy a longer bolt that will go through that tubing, and you're all set. I, I was kind of bummed that he was kind of, putting it down so to speak because he had to stick post-it notes under it to uh stabilize it so it didn't bounce on there other than that i thought it was everything that i expected just from initially reading about it most people that do this kind of stuff have a little bit of mechanical aptitude so it's really not hard to drill a couple of holes and throw a couple of little small washers over a machine screw and torque something down yeah well like i say in a 21 minute review 
I, I, in my mind, I think he probably brought them damn post-it notes up five or six times. And I was like, Jesus, get off the post-it notes. It honestly, to me, felt like it was a 21-minute review about post-it notes. I don't think he put as much effort into um, covering the rest of it as thorough as he probably should have. I know that he covered that, you know, that it was a plastic casing and and that, and that's probably how they cut the cost down. But um, as far as, like, functionality and everything and how smooth it was and all that, I didn't think he put nearly as much effort into that as he did about mounting. Right. See, I would take a review from Inside Sim Racing about uh, any fanatic peripheral with a grain of salt. I don't know if you guys were watching a couple of years back whenever uh, Darren Ganges had a, uh, a pretty significant uh, chip on his shoulder about any fan- uh, fanatic product. There might be some bias there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say, you know, authoritatively that there's there's bias, but uh, history history does uh, play a part in uh, my line of thinking. Well, if, even when you pull up the video and he's sitting there in his little race chair, behind him, Thrustmaster, 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 Thrustmaster. Oh, like the signs on the wall and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's got all these Thrustmaster boxes behind him. I mean, what in the world, you know? What I'm looking forward to is potentially uh, Sean Cole from uh, Simpit getting his hand on one, hands on one, because he is a uh, he's a way more uh, unbiased reviewer. I could ask on Thursday, assuming I make it into that split. Get on that. All but right. O- overall, though, uh, I uh, I'm really deeply considering the CSL Elite. The biggest appeal for me is the, uh, uh, the quick release. Oh yeah, especially when I use my rig, you know, for work and stuff. I, I a quick release on my next wheel is vital. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I use my rig for all kinds of stuff, and I'd love to be able to pop that uh, that steering wheel off and get it out of the way. Right. All right. Cool. Uh, next up, I wanted to mention uh, uh, iRacing put on their Facebook uh, about the Blank Pain GT Series season finale is set for this Saturday, October twenty second, at Nurburgring, and. Uh, the VRS Kawanda Sim Sports leads the championship with uh, <clears throat> Core Motorsports and Team Redline Black and NX Racing Team Yellow close behind. Teams are fighting for almost a $30,000 price pool in iRacing's inaugural Sports Car Endurance Esports Championship. So we don't cover this much, but hey, it's, it's actually ending uh, this Saturday and might be fun to watch as uh, these guys are going for the big money. I think uh, when they broadcast this, it's really early in the morning for me, and that's how come I always miss it. So check that out. Kyle, what's next? Um, next, Got Racing tweeted about uh, a video of the dynamic track in slow motion. Um, a race at Road America. And it's actually a pretty neat little video if you watch it. 
It, it is because you can see the rubber actually coming off the tires as they're going around the corner. And I think as we've all driven, we've seen rubber fly up towards the windshield, but I don't think I realized, you know, how it looks, you know, when you're looking at the tires, you know, and you put it down in slow motion, you can actually see these marbles coming off. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I see it all the time. I think it's really neat. All right, uh, Brad, another hardware item next. Yeah, it's a SMZ1 GT wheel. Um, uh, check it out. That's about all I'm going to say because I, I was like, man, that's a cool looking wheel. It's got 15 lights um, across the top for like your RPM thing and everything else. And then you get down here at the bottom and it says uh, basically $1,400. So uh, it can be cool all at once, but uh, it's not cool enough for me. <laughs> well, it, it's a Formula One style wheel with a display for Z1 dashboard software built right into the wheel. And... We've talked about this before when they announced it, but what's happening today is it's actually for sale and they actually have prices. And this is a wheel without a base. You still have to buy the base, you know, the, the Fanatec or the AccuForce or whatever. Yeah. And then you spend $1,400 on this wheel. So pretty darn cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's just not that cool. Yeah, I like my eye candy. That's about as far as that's going to go for me. <laughs> yeah, so they got it uh, for AccuForce, Fanatec Club Sport V2, and Thrust Thrustmaster adapter. So prices range from fourteen hundred up to sixteen hundred. It looks like. So wow, that's a lot of money for a steering wheel. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, uh, Kyle. Uh, what's next? This is somebody we had on the on the uh, podcast before, and I uh, yeah. thought we'd just bring this up again. Yeah, we covered this a, few, a couple weeks ago. We had Chris Grandel on the on the show to talk about it. But it's the Cody Creamer take a bite out of Cancer Three Hundred at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, the event's coming up uh, this weekend, so I. We just want to get the, the word out there and trying to get some participation. And I did actually just speak to Chris um, via Instant Messenger about five minutes ago. They do still have some $10 um, guarantee spots available. So if you want to secure a spot without having to worry about the uh, qualifying for the to get into the big event, then um, make sure you hit them up over at LazyDaysRacing.com. And um, it's always good to support a good cause. Yeah, lazy days with a Z, and uh, hundred dollars for first place, fifty for second, twenty-five for third. So get involved, people. This is uh, raising money, you know, for the uh, cancer awareness, you know, uh, in honor of Cody Kramer, one of uh, yep. one of our own who was uh, diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. You know, Langerhans cell histiocytosis. It's a it's a rare cancer of the mouth. And um, just to give an email address out so that you can get a hold, get in touch with them, it's Chris 
at lazy days with a Z on the end, racing.com. And um, get in touch with them there if you're interested in getting in. Cool. And uh, final topic, it's actually a recurring one. Team Tafosi is recruiting drivers to our team as we wind down the NASCAR iRacing series. We're gearing up for 2017. Uh, we had a, one recruit come on last week that looked pretty promising. Uh, we're looking for more. If you are interested, please let us know. Um, and then Carlos is obviously looking for a couple of good road racers to help us with the 24-hour of Le Mans as well. So if you're interested in that, uh, hit us up as well. We can be found on Facebook, Twitter, you name it. So we're easy to find. And with that, let's get into final thoughts. Uh, Brad Miller, final thoughts. Let's pack up and go to Talladega. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right, Kyle Fleischman, final thoughts. Well, I, I usually like Talladega, but I'm going to keep my hopes down and hopefully I can uh, pull some pull something out this week. But I'm, I'm pretty excited to get a break from this um, mile and a half stuff and go just let it all ride out in the air. All right, uh, Lance Gentles, final thoughts. Now, just a quick reminder for everyone, the uh, Extra Life event is coming up uh, on November 5th. It's a 24-hour gaming marathon to raise money. I'm actually raising money for uh, uh, Sanford Children's in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, if you want to go to extra-life.org and uh, do a search for my name, Lance Gentles. Um, see if we can get some uh, some money raised for some kids that uh, are in desperate need of um, some medical help yeah why not you're going to be racing anyway you might as well uh help somebody while you're doing it huh yeah also if you uh if you tune into the uh talladega race tonight you'll be able to see um the well any of the integrity racing leagues um uh, races here in the near future, you'll be able to see the uh, extralife.com uh, or extralife.org paint scheme on my car. All right, you got to paint and everything. Great. Absolutely. And I'd like to throw out the uh, there's uh, Harpoon Design, is who did it for me. And they're on Facebook at Harpoon Design. Um, the guy that did it, I can't really recall his name. I'll, I'll get it out there in the future, but uh, he, he painted this game for free. And I donated $25 on his behalf to uh, Sanford Children's. Nice. And it looks pretty good? Yeah, it's a good-looking car. looks really slick. I'm really happy with it. All right. Uh, Mike Willett, uh, thanks for joining us and telling us about the World Cup of iRacing, uh, which you manage or help manage. Uh, what are your final thoughts tonight? Hey, just thanks for having me on. That was awesome. I appreciate the opportunity to get the word out. All right. Well, thank you for all your service and getting that together. Uh, I know a lot of people enjoy that, and uh, we thank you for for making it happen. Because if without people like you, like you said, iRacing would have dropped it a long time ago. You bet. All right, uh, Carlos Fonseca. What do you got? Final thoughts. As usual, not one thing. Oh, I'm taking an off week anyway because of uh, Talladega. So that's my thoughts. You're taking an off week. Oh, too long. Well, he yeah. I need a foot to the floor for that long. Well, 
my final thoughts are, hey, you know, I'm excited for Talladega. I'm looking for a win this week. Uh, the last time I won was Talladega in the spring. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the other thing is uh, we're, we've, our distribution is growing uh, as far as the podcast goes. iRacers Lounge is now on podbean.com. So if you uh, like Podbean, uh, check that out. I think it's a, a service a lot of Android people use. So if you're into Android, uh, you probably know about Podbean. But, hey, iRacers Lounge is there. We're everywhere. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on YouTube. We're on Spreaker. Uh, and I think there's a new one uh, called Audio Boon that we're not on yet, but we will be as of next week. So uh, we continue to grow. We have a huge audience, and we want to thank all of our listeners for uh, hanging in there and checking us out every week. So with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.